0: The following podcast probably contains bad language, adult themes, and massive spoilers. Basically, all the fun stuff. If that isn't for you, maybe give this a miss. You have been warned. Abandon all trope,
1: all ye who enter. In a world where tropes run rampant, two men stand tall. Well, one not so tall. They are ready. They are steadfast, they are making it up as they go along, they are the Trope Stormers.
0: Ready to go toe-to-toe, 15 rounds of fun right here.
1: Yeah, for possibly the greatest sports movie of all time, if not the greatest boxing movie of all time. A boxing movie, a sports film that was the first to win an Academy Award as best movie. So it's a groundbreaker. Wow. Pioneer. Really put the, the leading man... On the map. Obviously.
0: Firmly on the map. No
1: preamble. We're going straight out of the corner. We're not tickling
0: anyone's balls this week.
1: No, 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 no. That You get you know, below the belt, that. Yeah. Uh, you definitely get points done for that. Yeah, we're talking boxing. We're talking movies, as always. You're back with the Trope Stormers. Yep. We are the titular of Trope Stormers. That's us. Uh, we're here to talk to you... Just
0: a couple of pair of tits.
1: ...about tropes in the world of TV, film, and even video games sometimes. Of course we're talking this week Not Raging Bull. Not Raging Bull. The the sort of uh, diet coke of that Careful I guess. Careful. Yeah, it's quite a serious heavy film though, isn't it, Jake LaMotta He a thing wrong in that guy. Yeah, but I mean this still bagged three
0: Oscars and got nine nominations. This isn't exactly like Bantamweight, this is heavyweight shit.
1: We're talking Rocky, we're talking Stallone. The 1976 classic, yes. Why are we here, Chris? We're in fighting mm-hmm. fit. We're ready to go. Mm-hmm. We've got our. I was going to say cagoule, but it's not the right word, is it? Cape, poncho, cape, robe, robe. We've got our boxing robes on, not a dressing gown. I'm here with my. Who are you? What are you wearing? Union Jack shorts on. Right. You're here with the white boxing shorts with the brown trim. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, I'm pretty sure they're boxing shorts, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, short notice, okay? Props department malfunctioned. <laughs> but why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we dressed like this? Why are we here? We
0: are here, my good friend, to pass ill-informed judgement on the film Rocky using our patented and wholly unscientific scoring system. We will decide whether this Rocky is utopian or dystopian. That is why we are here.
1: So we've had one of each so far
0: we have the leaderboard uh, so far JP Jurassic Park is way out in front with a 4-2 victory no that's not right what was the score in that one let's not get bogged down into- we've got
1: a utopian
0: effort we do for Jurassic Park and we have a dystropian effort for point break which was an extra time bobbled in off wishing a sort of a decision
1: so what does all this mean
0: Why? What, we're talking these, this
1: this scoring system how does it work
0: well uh, so we are going to discuss four tropes of our choosing two a piece and we will make a case for that trope explain its background and its references to other source material and then we'll uh, we'll bring it all back in and vote um, on our subjective views of it and it's a, it's a points decision so best of four basically yeah i think we had a, we had a, a, a
1: ...tiebreaker kind of situation. We had, last to, week. we had to go to Extra Time last week, yeah. Because we actually yeah. at Point of Break we actually enjoyed that film. I mean, I
0: kind of... I feel like we were hating on Keanu. When I listened to that back, it made it sound like a Keanu hate foundation. And I'm anything but. I watched John Wick yesterday for the first time. I was moved. Well, shall we just briefly tell our dear listeners what tropes are? Yes. In case is. for the un, uninformed who've maybe missed our... ...premiere two episodes... So, Urban Dictionary. What are these tropes of which we speak? Well, they define it as an often overused plot device. And not all tropes are bad. It's how they are utilised. So, if we are to use an example of a trope... Tell me a bit about dragons.
1: Unleash the dragon. Uh, Non-Cisco related. Uh, as much as I'd love to burst out into that thong. song, so song, song, song. That thong song. A dragon. We're talking not the big bad of the piece
0: not Muhammad I'm fucking hard Ali
1: not the, the top top villain not we're the main talking... event not the, not the boss boss yeah we're talking the the lead henchman the mm. guy who is, is sent off to deal with the protagonist and often send send him to a the demi boss the demi boss yeah the sub boss the yeah. mid level boss you any way you, you, anyway you want to look at it
0: He's like a sub team leader in The Apprentice.
1: Yeah, assistant to the regional manager.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Goro to Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat franchise.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I mean the example we looked at recently was Vader, 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 and the Emperor. Yeah? Yes, he is. Vader is the Emperor's dragon. Yeah, he protects him. He is does his bidding. Like he's a dog. He's a tact dog. Like yeah. he's in like
0: a, an. An east-end wide boy who's got, like, a monster uh, British
1: bulldog. Basically, yeah, in black armour and respirators and... So, I mean, yeah, nasty laryngitis. That is that is what we're talking about. So, a dragon is uh, a classic example of a trope in action, and we've given you several... We've given you a smorgasbord of examples <sighs> We haven't actually introduced who
0: we are. Who are you? In your corner, in your fancy pants...
1: I am Jim. I'm here with my co-host and opponent in the other corner. It would seem it's a very antagonistic. Which one of us is the dragon? I'll fight you for it. I don't know. How many Cisco lyrics do you know? <sighs> probably more than you. Yeah, I think you're probably the dragon. Sick. But I'm, I mean, shit, that I makes mean, that makes you the emperor. Yeah, I'm Vader. Fuck. Mind you, I'm just sat in like a saggy little scrotum man in a robe. Yeah, you are quite penisy, shriveled old man penis. So you know you have got the cooler. It's true. I've got the sick branding. That's, that was an interesting introduction.
0: I'm Chris Jeeves, by the way. I am your dragon for the evening in the white shorts, I believe, soiled with brown, <laughs> as I was introduced. Yeah,
1: you know, last minute memo. I'm the attack dog. Uh, and I am your. Easy Emperor. Your grandmaster of trope. I am Jim Carlberg. Today we are combatants in the arena, the ring of trope. So we're about to go 15 rounds with Rocky. Yeah. Trope or dope, or on the tropes, what will it be? How about some trivia waffle? Yeah, talk us through Rocky, Chris. we will give you a little, give you
0: a little uh, tasty introduction. So this film, 1976, uh, three Oscars won. Those included Best Film, Best Director for John G. Abelson, and Best Film Editing. And it also racked up six nominations, you got your best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, best screenplay, best sound, and best original score. I think we've done the original score justice already in this podcast. Uh, so yeah, that was
1: that was a re- that was off Spotify. That was a recording.
0: Yeah, we just played that back. Yeah,
1: yeah, light for
0: light. Don't know why you said that. No, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yes. So I'm going to hit you some factoids. Go for it. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, the lead man, had one hundred and six dollars in his bank and was trying to sell his dog to try and fund <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much he expected to get for the dog. Uh, the same dog is the dog that features in the film uh, called Buckus. Don't know if that's the actual dog's name or not. Um, but obviously things were tight and he thought he could you know, bring the dog into uh, into the fray. He only one, really. Like, trying to sell him. I know,
1: right? Gotta give something back after all this. I tried to flog the dog and then just be like... Do you, do you want to be in my movie? You,
0: you know, put that behind us. You know, about the whole like trying to sell your thing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty awkward. The two producers of the film, uh, Winkler and Chartoff, they purchased the film off Sylvester Stallone or the rights to it. And originally, this was envisioned by United Artists, the studio who were going to make it, as a two million dollar budget flick. And they were looking at that's oh, peanuts these days. Yeah, but back then, man, them, them. well, I don't know, that might not have been that much back then, but uh, they were lining up the likes of Robert Redford, Ryan O'Neill, I don't know who that is,
1: uh, Burt Reynolds, I know who he is. The late greats. Really? Yeah, Burt Reynolds, yeah, he's gone. He's gone? Yeah, not forgotten, of course. Smokey. And
0: the Bandit. Yeah. And James Calm. They were all in the frame to play the Italian stallion Rocky Balboa. However, in selling the rights, Stallone insisted on playing the lead role himself. United Artists turned around and went, all right, well, we're halving your budget. So the whole thing uh, came in at $1.1 million, which was over budget by 100 grand. And uh, the producers, Winkler and Chartoff, both had to remortgage their homes to push it over the line. Wow. That's commitment.
1: That is. Uh, there's so so much story behind this this mm. film. There's so it's, much heart. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, like we said, we've got the names like uh, <laughs> absolute titans of film there. Robert Redford, uh, Bert Burt Reynolds, Reynolds, Reynolds James Caan. James Caan. Huge. I mean, it could have been such a different movie in it terms of the way it would have looked and carried itself. Unrecognisable got a lot of uh, kudos at the, at the start. You were talking about all the accolades that it was for. Yeah, yeah. it was for, you know, great. Bear ba- ba- in mind this is like what would certainly now be a, a very low budget film and, and I believe that when uh, Stallone actually wrote this, he submitted it something like 30 odd times uh, to different people.
0: Yes, it got knocked back a lot. The inspiration for the film, uh, this is uh, Art Imitating Life. So there was a journeyman boxer called Chuck Webner who had a fight with Muhammad Ali in 1975. And Stallone saw the fight and Wepner knocked Ali down. Knocked him down in like the 8th round. Unprecedented. The fight almost went the distance and Ali stepped up a notch and punched the crap out of this guy. But he wouldn't go down. And that apparently formed the basis the inspiration for the Rocky Bill,
1: And that that in essence is, so if we, if we talk plot and we talk cast, mm-hmm. um, what, what are we looking at here? It's basically imitating that, isn't it? It is, yes. Um,
0: we've mentioned Sylvester Stallone. Uh, we also have Talia Shire, who was in the Godfather movies. Uh, you have Carl Weathers of Predator fame Dylan you son of a bitch <laughs> he couldn't see me <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Burgess Meredith who plays the grizzled Mickey uh, who was the penguin in the original Adam West Batman TV series with the kapow boom um etc yeah
1: yeah. The, the whole Shakespeare's head going down the, the pole to going the back down, yep yep yeah. So, yeah, I mean, wow, what a... You know, that that is quite a cast. Uh, and what a varied cast as well, in terms of the stuff that they'd done. Well, yeah,
0: apparently um, Burgess Meredith, who played Mickey, uh, got the part because everyone else testing for it refused to audition with Stallone, because he was a nobody. And they saw it as, well, why should I? I'm of such stature. This film is peanuts. It's,
1: it's, it's so weird because... Um, this clearly was a film that would have come out of pretty much nowhere. Totally left field. Uh, but it's, it's hard to look at the Rocky films now in isolation as well, because they're of a... What's a trilogy of five? Quintology? Quintology. They'll do. Quintuplet? That, that sounds like a study or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because you, you see it as the... I mean, no, you're not supposed to mention the fifth one, are you? It's like the, the black sheep. Of Rocky the V? Yeah, Rocky V. <laughs> Um, Tommy Gunn in the street fight. <laughs> no, this didn't happen. It all ended with the fall of communism. Yeah, that was alright. Okay. Yeah. When Rocky beat communism, that was okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's hard to look at this as an individual film now, given how big and how sort of crazy the other ones... Well, it's, it went... kicked
0: off a franchise, didn't it? And it kind of became huge. Like, Rocky has been... Center parodies. parodied, it's immortalised, but before this existed, I don't even know if there was any big sports films of that era. Well, I mean, Raging Bill was a similar time, that was a few years after, but uh, I think Rocky invented a lot of iconic moments, which got aped, or imitated, or,
1: you know... Uh, and this is pre-Star Wars, isn't it, as a franchise? year before Star Wars, yeah. So, you know, uh, as, as when you're talking franchises, obviously Star Wars is the, the huge one that everyone talks about. Yeah. But uh, in terms of the legacy of number of films that this off... I think they're almost competing now, with the creeds f- thrown in. Like,
0: surely Rocky and Star Wars must be pretty, and Harry Potter, in terms of, like, number, volume of franchise.
1: Yeah, it's probably the, the unsung hero mm. of that. And also, Creed, surprisingly
0: good film. I was impressed by that. Um, I've not seen it. You not? No. Ah, so Rocky Six, which was like the hypothetical, could Rocky fight against a modern day fighter? Yeah. I mean, it was enjoyable, but it was silly.
1: Creed. So Creed One is Rocky Seven. Yes. And Creed Two, Rocky Eight. Okay. Creed. Crystal. Yeah. Creed,
0: really good. A lot of heart um works within the uh lineage of the story. I recommend. I, I recommend. I think mean, go and watch. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Bit of homework there for
0: Yeah, yeah. When you get a
1: moment, give it a watch. I don't you won't be disappointed. It's a lot of heart in that film. Yeah. Bit of homework for you there as well, uh listener. What have got are we giving our listeners a name? What the podcast? <laughs> yeah, they're the podcasts at the minute, but that's that's quite
0: general. That's quite generic. Uh What so? They'd be like, "What does Lady Gaga
1: have?" Like little monsters. She has little monsters trope. No tropers. No tropers. That's a bit negative. It is. Maybe, maybe you know, we'll call you Podcats for now. I think that's a good working working title. Sorry, Adam Buxton. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Alright, We'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to clear that. Clear that with him first, and then we'll have to. Might have to change it anyway. Uh, But yeah, let us know if you want to be called any particular name. As a homogenous mass, Trope and Glories. The Trope and Glories, there's, one, there's a start for ten. Let us know. Well, it was the first time I listened to the Trope Stormers podcast, and I knew right there and then I had to listen to it some more. You're listening to Trope Stormers. We've got talking franchise, we've got talking Creed, but obviously we're talking about this film in isolation. Mm-hmm. And we've also got to talk about it in terms of the tropes. So you watched this a couple of nights ago. I did, like, yeah. Again. I watched it last night. Um, this is fresh. Like we say, it's quite an interesting film because of its, where it's come from. It feels quite a, a real low-key for, for a lot of the time because it's focused on, on Rocky's life and this, the surroundings of, in Philadelphia.
0: I mean, it's almost like a, an advert for Philadelphia. Uh, really sort of a lot of scenage, but... Other cream cheeses are available. <laughs> uh, but they didn't actually have the right to shoot a lot of this movie a lot of it was done guerrilla style in the streets no permits, done at funny hours so that they wouldn't get in trouble the scene where he's running down the street and a guy chucks him an orange totally improvised, that just happened and when he's doing his little running through the streets bit, if you actually like, pay attention to the crowd and the people in the street they have no idea what's going on like they're not aware that a film, a movie's been... It's not like a set with like a, a dolly and lots of people. It's pretty much just Stallone, probably a guy with a sound boom and a camera, running down the street.
1: It's quite a clever style of filmmaking if it's deliberate, because I know uh, like Woody Allen used to do this quite a lot. He used to just tell people at what points to get at in a conversation, and then they have to fill in the gaps. So the conversation would feel very natural. It's not quite as complex as that, but the idea that you just, you know, you throw somebody into a situation, they've got a certain point to get to, and then they react to whatever... That's,
0: that's like the Before Sunset trilogy by uh, Richard linkmaker That's very much a similar unscripted narratives set and shot very much impromptu.
1: As, as a film, it's got quite a visceral sort of natural feel to it, you know? It just feels like we're experiencing a very real of life for this this guy it's eponymous it's called Rocky the film so he's the central character obviously we've got to start talking about tropes yes pretty soon so talk us through Rocky your first trope and basically the well the way this sets off the entire of the film really doesn't it
0: so for my first one I'm going for you, your classic underdog <laughs> story art so Rocky is cast as the major underdog I don't know what his odds are in this but they're not good Apollo Creed is a world champion, boxer of the world. He's coming up against a guy who's pretty much been painted as a bum. Rocky, a you bum? You're a, rock. <laughs> <laughs> a bum rock! Not bum rock, that bum rock, You get a yeah. cream for that, but. But it's, you know, uh, up to this point uh, He's had his locker emptied out His stuff put on Skid Row He barely won his last fight on a points decision against Spider Rico He's pretty washed up He's working for a loan shark He's he's breaking thumbs for a loan shark He's not even doing that well His heart's not in it He's pretty much just bullying and uh, wearing down a girl working in a pet shop Who happens to be his best mate's sister there's not a lot going on for Rocky. You know, his prospects are pretty bleak. Yeah. And then he gets thrown a bone by the heavyweight champion of the world to fight him for the heavyweight title. Who is the... Uh, I'm, I doubt this might be his real name, Apollo Creed. That's quite... I mean, that's, that's his character. It's quite flamboyant. Mm. Mm. Matches his uh, per on-screen persona.
1: So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he's a, he plays a great part, right? He's, he's clearly got... Draws inspiration from... Muhammad Ali. The Ali... Yeah, yeah uh, definitely. A story... Get a lot of great visuals with that, with the U.S. regalia and robes that he has. Yep. The stars and stripes top hat. Yep. Um, I think he's dressed as George Washington at one point. Throwing money into the crowd. Yep. Yeah. So you know you've got this. It kind of takes the flamboyance of Muhammad Ali and then dials it up to. I mean, it's almost like U- Eubank.
0: Eubank levels of uh, flamboyance. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to take you right back now. This, as a trope, you could sort of take it all the way back to an Aesop's fable. So I'm talking about the tortoise and the hare. You're going classic on us. I'm going classic, man. I'm, I'm educating. I'm preaching. I'm on the pulpit. It's happening. So you could look at this as, you know, it's your underdog story. You have got the cocky hare, who I think has a kip under a tree or something. And you've got the plodding tortoise, who's like slow and steady wins the race. That's the kind of moral of it all. And that's kind of played out in this film. Through their main protagonists.
1: Wow. Okay. That's yeah, that is taking it back. I yeah. can see the logic in that though.
0: Yeah. Uh, other famous examples I've got for you: The Karate Kid, uh, Cool Runnings. Was there ever a greater underdog story than a Jamaican
1: bobsled team? No. Again, grounded in truth as well. Uh, yeah. Which is which is great. In reality, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. I, I'm. You I have to I have to double check with you if that's grounded in truth or not. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fantastic underdog story. Yep. Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dodgeball, not, not not such a classic, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do like. Yeah, it's 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 a good trope, isn't it? That you know it features in in so many different things and seems to be the basis for, uh, in indeed, the idea of you know going taking it back to Aesop. Mm-hmm. It's been the basis for a lot of storytelling and you know moral tales for a long, long time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know what the moral of dodgeball is. Uh, Duck, do, dodge, dip. I can't remember what they all are. There you go. Sage advice there. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Uh,
0: Lord of Rings. Ah, okay. That's quite an undog story when you think of the power of Sauron. Hobbits. Versus some Shire folk and a random band of
1: mercenaries. Yeah. It borders on sort of cliche almost at, at this point. How often it's used. Yeah. But yeah, certainly Rocky is your archetypal underdog. Well, let me stop you there because I, I, I think I peek at my next
0: underdog example. Now, I'm, I'm having to cross over here uh, Leicester City Football Club. Wow. For winning the Premier League. Okay. That, I think, in sport is maybe the most pinnacle underdog achievement.
1: It, there's, there's talk of
0: this becoming a film. It, it should be. He's play Jamie Vardy? Having a party.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who's got a really? Who looks like they're going They've stolen your telly. Yeah. Well, you know they could. You could. Or sharp asper. Sharpen knives on their face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, William Defoe, he got he got a mention last week. He did. He's. I don't know if he's streamlined enough though. No.
0: So yeah, is um, your underdog story? However, where a lot of underdog stories can end on a very positive note, Rocky is for me. It's grounded by the fact that. He just wants to go the distance. He's not looking to even beat Apollo Creed. He just wants to do what no one else has done and go the distance. That, for him, is a victory. And the way that it's shot at the end and the way the fight pans out, you think, oh, he could have it here, because he does knock him down. Uh, and it gets very, like, they're both basically slugging mm. and holding and, you know, holdoring and... Uh, You don't know which way it's really going to go, and then when the bell goes, it's a points decision. But Rocky don't care. He's achieved what he set out to achieve, exceeded it, because he's fought with heart, but lost. But that's kind of immaterial in the sort of narrative of the story. It doesn't matter. The the, the rags to riches and hero to zero, zero to hero, sorry, element of it. Mm. But it's not—it's not cliche. It's not your clichéd. Yeah, he doesn't just become heavyweight title of the world, and that's it. Film ends.
1: Franchise doesn't go any further. Yeah, so we'll have to take that into account. I mean, what I will say about a- Aesop, morals, underdogs, rags to riches, hero zero to hero, all that—down with that. If we talk, let's talk boxing in this film, right? I mean, I, I know I know that you are a twelve-time champion of the octagon you know... Doctor Octagon. Yeah, Black Belt and origami. Humans for Army Knife, they call me. Yeah, I know you... I know you... You know your stuff, right? You are a, a registered lethal weapon. I know stuff. I'm not that. You know, I'm too pretty to be a boxer, so... You have a face for radio. Thank you, thank you. I think. But it doesn't seem like the best of boxers. The idea is that he's supposed to be plucked out to be... Are we talking Rocky? Rocky, about... Yeah, about the... He's a meat and potatoes boxer, though. So, yeah, but, like... His tactic seems to be... To, to head don't fall over, headbutt Apollo Creed's fists. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the main tactic I picked up on. I mean, it's
0: it's just about taking taking the blows, but he also he exacts. Uh, it's like a Homer Frederick Frederick Ta- Tate. <laughs> <laughs> that is a strong reference. But no, he uh, he he gets cri- um, towards the end of a fight. Uh, Creed's protecting his ribs. Rocky's trying to, like, pummel in his ribs. Okay. So, uh, I think you're you're doing Rock a disservice there. I'm on terms with him where I can call him Rock. And he knocks him down with a sweet left uh, hook. So, I think you're doing the man a disservice. I think there's a long period of getting punched in the face and not falling down, but I think he holds his own. Okay. To an extent. As much as uh, a rank outsider and former
1: bum could do I'll, I'll, I'll bow to your your Queensbury knowledge on this one <laughs> you know I, I compare it to stuff like uh, we mentioned Raging Ball earlier and things like that where the the, the boxing is uh, super realistic more choreographed uh, I, I, I get the impression that as the Rocky films go on the extent to which he can just withstand punishment gets more outlandish really as it goes but in, 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 can you me? Rocky 3 he basically reinvents himself as Apollo Creed well I mean obviously in the next the next movie he then, he then becomes the champ doesn't he and it's, yeah. it's like so uh, they, they, they get quite a departure from this film but I don't know I, I put this I put a message out on uh, our Facebook page about which is the better yeah some of that Rocky movie no, I think yeah, one, the people or, spoke one or two and I think people stuck with uh, Rocky One, just because, and it does. It's it's great. It does have a grounded story, and the ending, as you've described, it is a a satisfying one in the sense that it's not. It's the right ending. It's the right ending to have, and of course, there's there's a love story element to all this as well, isn't there? There's there's Rocky's background and his life, because you say he's not the sharpest tool like we've talked about before. he's not the brightest colour in the box. Talia Shire.
0: Yeah, so apparently she wore a lot of her own garments because uh, she wanted to look dowdy. I'm not saying that she was a dowdy-dressed woman, but apparently she dowdied it up further because she thought, you know, she didn't want to come across being too attractive or uh, or whatever. She wanted to play the part of the very shy store clerk working in a pet shop. I found the whole Rocky pursuit and courtship of Adrian somewhat, uh, wrong. I, his pursuit was relentless. Like, he visited her twice a day in the shop, cracked terrible jokes. Uh, he was basically stalking her. Bought two turtles. Bought, well, not two turtles and a fish, I believe. <laughs> um... Yeah, he was, like, relentless. It's almost like there was no other women in Philadelphia, eligible women. Um, so he was basically hitting on his best mate's sister. Okay, and his best mate is...
1: Uh, Paulie, Paulie, Paulie. Paulie. Yeah, Paulie. The resident drunk. Yeah, he's a bit of a, he's kind of the jerk-ass type character, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he doesn't
0: come off very well. I mean, at first he protests. So regarding Adrian in Rocky's initial courtship attempts... She's not normal. I'm tired of you being a loser. I don't see the attraction with my sister. Then when it all sort of swings back around, he changes his tune, and uh, he straight up asks Rocky, You balling her? You screwing my sister? Rocky's response to this is, We fill gaps together.
1: I don't think that's meant to be a sexual thing, but, uh, yeah. I mean, he's not a poet, is he? I mean, a a lot of Rocky's, uh, Speeches like yo, hey, oh, a lot of that through it. So yo, you, you can basically get pick any three sort of sequences together and just go. You can Adrian yo, oh, oh, Adrian, and you basically just, you could have like a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> yo Adrian, <laughs> Polly Paulie,
0: <ply. laughs> fight the, big
1: fight. There you go. You know you create your own Rocky. Uh, Soundboard. Soundboard, you yeah. know, This is the 70s, that technology wouldn't have been around, so you imagine the... No, they would have gone Well, it's seduction as well in
0: the apartment, when they sort of crumple into a heap on the floor in weird slow-motion pas- passion.
1: Yeah, it's not... It's not the sexiest of courtships, is it? No. You know, the way she's... I kind of feel like it was rel-
0: a relentless kind of chipping away. You know, like, her defences were down... I mean, even at the time, she protested many, many times. But she needed to go home, call her brother. Probably had never been in a man's flat alone. Like you know, she was she was sending off smoke signals left, right, and centre. Rocky was not interested. He had eyes on the prize.
1: Well, you know that is the that is the mindset of the boxer, I guess. Uh, you know whether that be. I was really worried you were just going to go. That was the seventies. Like it was okay. <laughs> It's not okay but you know uh, you know when you're your you know your main MO is to punch people in the face till they fall over. <laughs> <laughs> you know nuance ain't going to be your thing is it? True. Yes. The
0: subtleties of uh, wooing a strumpet somewhat lost upon our
1: dear rock. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay cool so um trope one got talking about the underdog his background is kind of like a not a hopeless character. He's got a heart of gold. He's a bit uh, down and out, isn't he? He's down on his luck. He's a bit of a bum. Just needs needs to be cut a break. He needs a break. Cut the guy some slack. And then he is cut a break by uh, Apollo Creed, who, um, uh, Carl Weathers' his character, who um, basically, it plucks him out of a book of boxes. Purely by his name. Does this book exist? The book of boxes? The book of
0: boxes. How irregularly is it updated? Is it like a Guinness Book of Records? Like you just get it every <laughs> year. And like, over all of the different boxes and is it just a list of names they, a,
1: is it like the yellow pages where you like boxes take out adverts I've got it in my mind as like a Panini stickers album Fan, what were shinies yeah so you know Balboa shiny nice yeah. what do, What would you do for the team shot where you had to like multiple stickers would it be them and their trainers like a, a group pick with the trainers maybe Mickey yeah yeah, 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 yeah. we'll come on to Mickey very soon uh so yeah, so um Apollo Creed plucks him out of obscurity and then uh of course related to the next trope we have the what you dubbed earlier the Mr. Miyagi Yes thing. in our previous conversation. Yeah, so we mentioned the mentioned the Karate Kid, we mentioned uh so John G John G. Abelson uh, yep, director directed the Karate Kid. He did, he directed this
0: and some of the other Rocky films.
1: Yep. So, you know, this, this, this crossover in a lot of the tropes and a lot of the, the story beats that happen with that, that's an underdog story, isn't
0: it? It is, yeah. I kind of feel like John just kind of is the karate
1: kid. Was well, he bullied a lot as a child.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is, rock, is the karate kid Rocky for kids? Is this what he's done? He's taken Rocky and just made it for a younger audience in a different decade. I think he has yeah Uh, yeah, I guess
1: so you know he's he's from a similar background isn't he Daniel Daniel Sun yeah Daniel LaRusso which is now uh, there's a a Cobra Kai series on YouTube I notice
0: really yeah wasn't it Jaden Smith in the remake yeah it's
1: terrible yeah I'm not gonna watch it there's a scene where Jackie Chan just like full on beats up a park full of children (laughs) So that's that's probably worth. That's watch. worth watching. Uh, you know, you know, if you're a stressed teacher or anything out there, that's always a a good, good cathartic watch. Um, but the Mr Miyagi presence, mm. and in this you have the much more snarky Mick. Yes. Yeah. As as Rocky's trainer, mentor, mentor. Yep. I kind yes. of like the Yoda of the piece. Yeah, but and you, less cuddly. Yeah, and also probably less. Hint, like more on him less constructive <laughs> <laughs> than Yoda. He's taken one too many shots to the head. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely a punch drunk sort of mode about. Yeah, old Mick. But Burgess Meredith, what, what an actor! Uh,
0: well, he got best, he got nominated for best supporting actor for his performance. Oh no, sorry, that was Bert Young. My bad. Um, no, Burgess Meredith, I felt played it really,
1: really well. Very believable because it, be, it would be easy, he's quite a strange looking and sounding guy it would be quite easy to play this um, well, he, could have, have he could have gone Boosie on it, couldn't he? yeah, god, you never go full Boosie <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure the Mr Miyagi character, the mentor he obviously uh, comes out with some fantastic quotes, you've got the um, you're going to eat lightning and crap thunder that is classic women weaken legs yeah, not so great that one He's there as a he serves quite well as a, a, a kind of grounding presence to to Rocky's situation I think you know he's a manager yeah that's a fantastic impression
0: it's not that's probably right. maybe, maybe I found my thing doing uh, Mickey impressions Yes, yeah. I was a little bit like uh, saddened but I thought this film contained the chicken chasing and catching element in the training it did not well, that's the problem. They all blend together. That's the thing. I got
1: confused. They overlapped, if that is possible. Yeah, so this is a, this is a, a, a character archetype that's really important in so many different films. I mean, Star Wars, for instance, has several. You have um, not only Yoda, but you have Obi-Wan. Uh, Qui-Gon G. Qui-Gon G. Yeah, he's a, bit, he's a bit too cool for school for me. He just plays kind of, played a bit too cool, the mentor role. But then I guess we talked about Lord of the Rings earlier. You have um, Gandalf and bringing the hobbits out of their shells a little bit. So you seem to have this... this Tends to be a more aged character. I mean, Yoda's about 500 years old or something ridiculous. I don't think Burgess Meredith uh, quite was supposed to be that age. I mean, he looks pretty rough. He's pretty grizzled, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, But he's mainly responsible for whipping Rack into shape... He's mentoring him. And, and and getting him to a to a place where he can at least have a chance of not Survive yeah. a round or two. He might not die in the ring. Yeah. This is Star at Lord at Rings, Game of Thrones, and sharp immortal actor Sean Bean. And you're listening to Up Stormers. You bastards Yeah. And that leads us very nicely into I'm rubbing my hands together with glee because I think I know what's coming. A fire r- of a trope. Oh,
0: I'll be back. Um, we touched on this last time out. Um, I accused Point Break of doing a Diet Coke uh, homage to the Montage. This is a, this is pretty much where it starts in a modern day scenario. We're talking about the Montage, people. It's the zero to hero. We ain't got long. Let's put on a pounding, possibly air metal soundtrack and let's go for it. And we're going to show incremental increases in ability until this person has gone from being street fighter bum to potentially knocking out champion of the world at boxing.
1: What, what is really great about the montage in this is... That's, that's what we talked about the other week was in Point Break was, was quite a token, I feel. There seems yeah. to have been a lot of care gone into the way this has been put together so you know, you talked about the the, the meeting people in the streets of Philadelphia and, and interacting with them, the way it's cut together for like the individual exercises and things like that is just really slick and... and Running up the stairs Yeah, he, firstly he runs up the stairs and he struggles and then it shows you the sequence
0: and then at the end kick, well, it finishes with him like jumping around for joy and
1: we haven't even talked about the 5X movie I mean, the five-egg smoothie, this, this film was a trope maker. Like, yeah. how are you going to kick off without your five raw eggs? Yeah. So at any point in any other film where you see eggs being... Devoured. Necked. <laughs> <laughs> Down a pint of egg. <laughs> then Rocky is, is the original maker for this this. F- yeah. Yeah. In, on film, anyway.
0: Could you neck five raw eggs without um. vomiting? You only get one shot, like Rocky. Do you think you could do it?
1: I don't know if I could eat down one without, like, retching. I've done it before. Five eggs? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've eaten some pretty grim stuff, to be fair, in my time. You are northern. I did have a bag of crickets. They don't do those up north. Uh, that was, this was on holiday somewhere. But, yeah, they, that was weird. So it was like a... It was like were they live. No, they were they were dead, but they were like they taste like peanuts. So it was really nice. But then they'd have a leg, like
0: a crunchy crunch, a leg. Yeah, and, uh, I see that. I ate dog once. A dog. Yeah. But... Where? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this should be one of those things, but I just like maybe like <laughs> breadcrumb as uh, episodes go
1: by, so that can be your uh, your introduction. Okay, I'm on the case, listener. Uh, that's from me. <laughs> <laughs> <A dog. laughs> It was yeah, so the, 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 um, yeah, well, I guess if you just neck it, it's a bit like I, I just, uh, having oysters. I've had oysters before, like, I quite like oysters, just pretend I do that and just neck uh, five eggs. Anything that you've just got to sort of, like, throw back?
0: Like, I've not had oysters, I don't think I'd like them. Where's the fun in that? Like, you, you're not, like, it's not spending any time in your mouth, on your palate... Like, why would you want to eat something which you're literally just like throwing to the back of your mouth and trying to like swallow it down as quick as possible
1: Well, what you're forgetting here is we're in the middle of a montage. We're not here to have fun. We're here to get things done. Showtime is passing whilst doing it, and that's why you're the lighthouse, my man. See, right? So you know, like we said, this, you know, Rocky. What matters here is Rocky. He is prepared to neck five eggs. He really one is. Go. What I really like about that scene is that we actually just have to sit there and watch him crack
0: five eggs. <laughs> <laughs> it's very repetitive, but it almost like builds this kind of like, is he, go- okay, yeah, he's going to drink that. Great. But the montage, um, to place it in context, uh, Citizen Kane, a uh, film I watched today actually, has a, a bit of a montage go on in that, 1941, so Rocky might not have put it on the map originally, just saying. Uh, some other good examples. We've mentioned the Karate Kid already. Yeah. That almost has, I think, a shot-for-shot shot remake of Rocky as a training montage. Uh, Whiplash. Uh, have you seen that?
1: The Rocky conf- with drums, yeah. Rocky with
0: drums, yeah, good. Um, Team America. Rocky with puppets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pretty Woman. Rocky's a woman. Rocky with prostitutes. Rocky with- <laughs> 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 And Scarface. Rocky with a huge mountain of Chang. That in itself contains, uh, well, it's called the the push-it-to-the-limit sequence. Go YouTube this, watch it. I couldn't believe... I've seen Scarface, and I think I had deleted this scene from my memory. It is
1: phenomenal. That is a a great film, but that is a weird scene, because nearly everything plays out in real time as well. Yeah. Uh, Unlike the, the, the real tight, rocky montage you know so i think that's rocky rocky really kind of nails it and that's why it got pastiched in in team america and, and things like that yeah well, well it was just because parodied so much yeah but yeah go check out the scarface one it's it's got a tiger yeah. it's got oh my god wedding
0: so search for scarface push it to the limit sequence well yeah it ends with a tiger i mean it's obscene i can't believe Brian de palma
1: put this into a film And a hairdo, which can only be described as a cross between... I stuck my finger in an electrical socket. Brian May, electrical socket, and Bob
0: Ross. That's not a pretty picture that you've just painted. So, yeah, just... just And some suits that look like they were the inspiration for Liverpool's 1996 FA Cup
1: final. So, yeah, you're fully prepped for that now so that's uh... you're welcome but you
0: have been warned <laughs> cool so that's trope two where are we at trope three
1: over to you my man the next one is the idea and you covered it a little bit already is the idea of the moral we've mentioned we've mentioned Aesop already and we've mentioned the, 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 the ending that we get to <laughs> um, obviously we get the uh, fight where he goes the distance which is kind of the, the, the principal theme of the movie is the idea that can this guy do this this guy who is Basically, a nobody, you know, mm-hmm. breaks people's thumbs for a, a living, but obviously for a few bob on the side. But obviously, doesn't want to do that because he's got a heart of gold. The idea of everyone being the real winner in the end, you know. Uh, Apollo Creed, he's been humbled um, as a as a as a fighter. You know, he's quite cocksure. I think, if anything, he has lost the most in this film. He has fallen from grace somewhat. Yeah, but he gets he gets put in his ass, doesn't he? Gets put on his ass. Gets made to fight fifteen rounds. He's never done that before. Adrian, as a character as well, has come out of a shell a little bit, albeit for a slightly bizarre. She's blossomed. Courtship, but you know, at the end, she's there at Rocky's side. Yep. And You get that classic. You
0: Adrian. You Adrian. Um. Can but- I? Can I interject there? Uh, I've got a little trivia for you. Side nugget. That's not the original ending. That was a new ending that they drafted in. The original ending didn't test well with audiences. So the original ending was Rocky and Adrian walking up the tunnel, which was then used as the photo image and silhouette for the posters to advertise the film. Didn't test well, so they changed it to her running in the ring and them embracing. Carry on.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he's there with his face looking like... Pummeled to shit. ...a punch breakfast. Yeah, Uh,
0: I mean... It's a dog's dinner on a face.
1: Yeah, punch lasagna, let's go with that. Punch lasagna, I'll take it. Um, Everybody has, it's kind of been a culmination of everybody being the winner in that scenario, even though, you know, it's been subverted the idea that this guy was supposed to have just been absolutely pasted. Uh, And even though he hasn't actually won, he's gone the distance, he's put in the yards, he's done his montage, he's necked his five eggs. (laughs) <laughs> as as we said earlier, it's
0: kind of the right ending.
1: Yeah, I know you said it didn't test well with the actual the, the actual scene itself in the way that goes, but in terms of the 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 character, the story arc, where he gets where he comes from and where he gets to, it, it's it is just a, a a great great story. Yeah, isn't it? We well, couldn't
0: have him winning. That would have been like too a bit uh, too much. You couldn't have him getting like destroyed. That would have been disheartening. It kind of like balanced. He didn't win, but he achieved all of his goals, went a distance, and was a hero. Was like the pride of Philadelphia.
1: So I suppose we we we, we kind of come into a conclusion in the sense we've got our, we've got our four tropes. Tropes are down. So you know we've got our. Underdog, Rags to Riches, mm-hmm. Zero is a Hero Story. Yep. We've got uh, the mentor, Mr Miyagi. Yep. Uh, type. E- yep, yeah, we've got uh, even Rocky needs a montage. Yep, yeah, the montage. And we've got the real winner ending uh, in the sense that everybody learns something. Everybody gets to the point that they need to be at, especially Rocky, especially Adrian, who's blossomed in her, in her relationship. How are we going to score this? I don't know, because that last, the
0: way you described it there sounded like one of the endings of Wayne's World, the one with the fishy ending, where it's like, didn't we all end up better people?
1: <laughs> fishy! <laughs> um, that's what that was playing through my mind. Well, so. I, su- I suppose what, what, what is hard when you see a film like this is that because you've seen it parodied and pastiched and taken apart and deconstructed so many times... It's it's just become part of uh, a cultural landscape, hasn't it? It's hard to look at this sometimes and not think that seems a bit clichéd or that seems a bit twee or trite. I guess we've got to put our
0: 1976 goggles on, haven't we? We've got got to see this in isolation and be objective. You've got to go full paleontologist on this. Wow. I'm just saying. Okay. You know, I'm I'm even going to, like... Potentially, like tether my uh, my boat on the trope of no hope, and take my tin hat off, and you know, stow Wilson, and get ready for some thoughts. <laughs> you know,
1: give uh, shouting at the sky uh, the afternoon off. So, I, I I I mean, I think this this movie it's it's almost a clean sweep, really. I was kind of feeling sort of like the same way.
0: Uh, you break the tropes down, like. It made the montage. Like, it is your go to montage film. Like, every film that montages is, is paying homage to Rocky. So, for me, that is. That's bent one in. I mean, in fact, I'm going to stray away from what we all normally do with football terminology, and I'm going to try and use boxing terminology. So, for me, that's like an uppercut that's connected beautifully and taken the guy off his feet. He's getting up before the count of ten, but that's a wallop on the tropes. Yeah, he does trope uppercut wallop,
1: like for a count of eight, maybe. But he gets back
0: up. Or well
1: girl, you know. Okay, but we've got, be, we've got we've got to be objective. We've got to think about this. I mean, the we said about that. I mean, the, I suppose the other thing is to think about the the zero to hero thing is the important bit, isn't it? Of of this. The underdog story, yeah. How convincing do you think that is as a as as an arc? You know, does it
0: the sheer ridiculousness of pulling a guy's name out of a giant phone book purely because of his name? It does get glossed over a little bit in the film. It's just a fancy. There's no science to it, even to the point where Apollo Creed's trainers, like one guy's, like watching him punch meat. Can't believe we haven't talked about that on the telly, and they're saying, "I don't want you to fight no um, or whatever it is he says, and Creed's just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever," you know. I'll beat him in three rounds or something. Like that is glossed over quite a lot, but then I don't know. Is it, is it just playing to that kind of? Everybody likes to root for an underdog. Everyone loves, you know, to see flamboyant, cocky overly assured, arrogant people get ta- taken down a peg.
1: Do you think this is a sort of film that would have boxing purists up in arms? Oh, massively.
0: I'm sure if uh, a purist was to, could take
1: this apart, I have no basis for that. But, you know, I, I maintain my scepticism about uh, Rocky's approach to... Training? Fighting. You know, uh, he seems to... He's a slugger. Yeah. I, he's a big hair. The guy's bone density must
0: be... Look at one you know, point, Mickey has what? to tie his legs together <laughs> just
1: to sort his balance out. I mean, you know, I think you're nitpicking here. Okay, I mean, it that's, is a great, it is a great, it's a great, it's a great story, and uh, f- for me, and a story based and rooted in real life, which always gives it extra kudos. Yeah, uh-huh. credence. Like it, yeah. Apollo credence. Very good. good. So. Is this our first? Uh, There's been a lot for firsts. We've got our first.
0: We've had our first utopian and first dystropian. We've got a, U- a utopian clean sweep. Well, I mean, what other tropes have we got to discuss? We've The montage was a clear winner. The underdog story was good. Another
1: interesting thing that you, you spoke to me about earlier was about uh, franchise foreshadowing, because we said this became huge. I don't think
0: they really saw... I think this was made on such a budget, in such a way, they never thought franchise, they never thought sequel. This was probably just going to be a one-off. A feather in uh, Stallone's cap to further his career, potentially. Because he only made $23,000 off this. Which is insane. Because it's grossed almost a quarter of a billion dollars since being made.
1: Wow. Wow. It, it it's got it's such a story surrounding this film. Mm. It's uh, it really is. So there you have it. I mean, it's not even a, it's a points decision. It's a clean sweep. It's a, it's a TKO. Crumbs, uh, to use the perfect analogy.
0: Yeah, to bring it back round to Muhammad Ali's defeat of uh, Chuck Webner, which was a TKO with nineteen seconds left in the fifth, 14th round. Fifteenth round, sorry. It's almost uh, too beautiful to be true. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It might not be up for us to decide. Dear listener, do you have any ideas for us?
1: Yeah. Um, if you think there's anything important that we've uh, missed out, or something you, you're thinking about any of the Rocky films that you want to comment on, yeah. did they change for the, the better? For the worse? For the worse? Um, do you have a favourite? Is it not the first one? Yeah, is, does, does, does 2, 3, 4, 5 Creed. improve uh, Creed's... One and two, improve on the um, perfect formula that we've just talked about. Do let us know. Get in touch with us at Tropestormers at gmail.com or mm. at Tropestormers on Twitter. On the Instagram. On the Instagram as well. Yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We'll have a think about what we
0: want to do next, but if you have any suggestions, please let us know. We're
1: still work- working towards
0: well, we're still Back working. to the Future. We're still working up to Back to the Future, and the long-term goal, I think, is still the room. Hey, Danny. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I think that's definitely our fiftieth podcast special. There, I'd like to set back to future, maybe as twenty-five, like halfway to the room. Like if we want to sort of set goals for ourselves, yeah. Maybe we should have some one for five, like a, a mini bonus. Maybe one for ten. I don't know. Your thoughts? Uh, let us know what you think we should do and where we should go next. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Okay, and uh, look out for our uh, next. Mini pods talking about the uh What was it, a trope nugget or a, a trope nugget, trope bolt? Trope bolt. Suggestions for that as well? Yeah, if you've got a particular trope that you want us to talk about in any any great depth. We're then, here
0: for you, this is what we do. Yeah.
1: We are here to
0: storm down tropes. Damn you know. tropes. It's a full time job, this. <sighs> I wish it was. Well, that just leaves me to say, as we always say on trope stormers, I ate dog once. Bye for now. <laughs> yep. Bastards.